Ion 2020, episode 61. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray here, your host of Ion 2020, your source and the place that you come to on a daily basis for the news, the entertainment, the uh, the best of the 2020 election and the things that are going on every single day, Monday through Friday. I'm bringing it to you, the Libertarians, the Green Parties, the Democrats, the Republicans, all of them, they're all in it to win the 2020 election especially the Republicans and the Democrats, and uh, I am covering it, finding all that news source, all that stuff for you as much as I can every single day, five days a week, so I appreciate you coming in and tuning in today to listen to what I got to say about, you know, what's going on, and uh, I thank you. If you're a first-time listener, I cover this from a libertarian perspective. I cover the 2020 election to make sure that you can have uh, the the knowledge and the things that you need to know in order to make a proper decision on who you're going to vote for or what meme you're going to make tonight. That can be a helpful thing to have as well. So I'll bring you the headlines and the news, and that's what I'm going to do. And also, you know, just things are going on with this 2020 election cycle. And today, I wanted to bring you some good information on uh, Trump and his approval rating, his total approval rating. And that's what I'm going to talk about mostly today. But well, before I hop into that, why don't you go ahead while you're thinking about it, subscribe to the show, pull out yeah, pull out that iPhone you got or whatever uh, whatever device you're listening on, pull it out right now and uh, hit subscribe. And then if you'd like to, you can go ahead and give me a five star rating and review. That takes a little more time, I know, but if you are dedicated to the show, you know you listen to 60 episodes. Now you're on day on, on uh, episode 61 and you really like what you hear, give me a five-star rating and review. Um, and if you want to follow me, you can do that as well. I post all the news articles at ionthempire.com, and also you'll find me at ionthempire on my Twitter feed as well. So you'll be able to see the news articles that I post. Uh, I also list the show when it comes out. I think I usually <clears throat> have the show out around 7 a.m. every uh, Monday through Friday, at 7 a.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time, because I live on the East Coast in South Carolina, y'all. So uh, appreciate you listening like I do, like I said, and if you want to go ahead and subscribe to that show, I'd appreciate that. Uh, but let's hop right into the, the thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is uh, Rasmus, Rasmus, RasmussenReports.com, and they do a daily tracking poll every single day. Uh, they literally call, you know, thousands of people every single day to find out how, you know, what their approval rating is of the president. And this one is for, uh, the most recent one that came out, uh, I usually record the show 
late at night on the day before it comes out. So uh, this is for Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. Rasmussen reports daily presidential tracking poll for Wednesday shows that 49% of likely U.S. voters approve of President Trump's job performance. 50% disapprove. So what I wanted to bring to you guys is the idea that this Mueller report is finished, right? The news has come out, and I talked about this the other day. I think that Trump is a winner when it comes to this whole issue because he got to frame it, you know, in the best light possible, which is, you know, there's no collusion. Um, there's nothing illegal that happened that he did not disrupt the investigation, you know, things like that. So there's no nothing that's going to happen to Trump or his administration that Russians did not collude. Yes, they did meddle in the election with some Facebook posts. They spent a couple hundred grand, uh, but there is nothing to it, right? And I've been listening to a lot of shows lately and a lot of different, you know, reports that are going on and saying that <clears throat> that this was all made up, that there was a way that somebody went in and was able to get the FBI to start looking at the Trump administration, which then led to some FISA warrants, which then led to them spying on the Trump administ- or the Trump's election campaign. And that was done, you know, essentially in a legal way. So it's actually looking like there's going to be some other fallout from this, but not on the Trump administration, but maybe on the Obama administration. And some of the people that illegally got these FISA warrants to tap into the campaign. I mean, this is literally one party spying on another party, you know, in some ways. One party that's in power spying another on another power that's out of power, or another party that's out of power and trying to disrupt the election that way uh, by having some investigation that makes that person look like they're colluding with the Russians. Absolutely insane. Um, I guess we'll hear, hear more about that down the road, but definitely this has been a win for Donald Trump, and it shows it in the daily tracking poll that says that 49% approve of Donald Trump, and 46% do not approve, or, or 50% don't approve, right? And at Barack Obama, at the time, March 11th, uh, 2000, 2011, March 27th, 2011, 46% approved of Obama. So Donald Trump has a higher approval rating right now than Barack Obama did at the same time in his presidency, which I think is absolutely amazing that that's true because Obama was a pretty popular president, but the thing is, is he was knee-deep in the whole Obamacare thing at this point in his presidency. But Donald Trump has gone up every day since this Mueller report came out. Yesterday, he was at uh, 47%, and the day before that, he was at 45%. So he's gone up two points per day since then, pretty much. 45% and now 49%. That's To me, that is amazing that that's happening. So let's hop into the whole um, last couple days as well and see what... I'm going to pull up the... The, the last couple of days on the strongly disapprove versus those strongly that strongly approve of the president. So strongly disapprove has gone down as of the 27th of March to 42% from a previous day of 44%. So 
So those that strongly disapprove of him has gone down, but he's trending upwards with a 36% strongly approve of what he's doing. And as of uh, the time that the report came out, it was around 35%. So you have 30, so his supporters are getting more supportive of him, as well as people that approve of him is going up. So I think that it's definitely a win for him because he got to frame it the right way. Now, the Democrats are coming at it from a different perspective now and saying that there's more to the story and that they're going to dig into it further when the report actually gets released to Congress and everything else. Um, they might find a few things, but I don't, from my understanding, I don't think that the Attorney General, and this is what a lot of people have said, that the eternal Attorney General is just going to come out and be with a bold-faced lie about this whole report, that he's not going to do that because he has his reputation to protect, as well as it's going to come out anyway, so he knows that eventually it's going to, you know, it'll backfire on him if he does lie about the report. Um, so, from what I've heard, I just don't think that there's much that's going to come out of it from the Democrats going after the full report and trying to dig deeper into it, and then they're going to start doing investigations and everything else. Um, one congressman said that they're pivoting now to health care, and then immediately Donald Trump goes on the health care kick as well in the last day or so. He's ta started talking about getting the courts to overthrow Obamacare completely and just to throw it out completely, and the Democrats are going after that as well to try to keep and protect Obamacare. So I think they're just trying to run. Some of the Democrats are trying to run or run away from this as fast as they can. Most Republicans are just saying, you know what, let's just move on. And Donald Trump is definitely moving on. So it is definitely a win for him. Uh, RasmussenReports.com is showing this. And I will follow up in the next day or so with just a quick uh, mention of it in my next episode, maybe even my next two or three episodes just to see wit, if it continues to trend in the right direction for Donald Trump. Obviously, it's not going to go up two more points per day for very much longer. And the reason why I say that is because it's very hard for a president to get above, you know, the mid-50s in this in this country. Uh, and if he did get up to the 60s, then that's really good for his re-election down the road. Um, because, you know, people are... Because we're past all the controversy now at that point, right? Um... And this controversy is pretty much over with now. Now it's going to be him probably focusing on the election and getting reelected, uh, making promises to his base and trying to keep promises that he made to his base. The Democrats are going to start fighting him on, him on other issues as well. And then you might have a libertarian or two start knocking, knocking on his door trying to attack him as well. Uh, you never know. So I will keep you up to date on that stuff as well. So let's hop right into the news, though. I want to bring some news stories to you as well. But to me, it's very telling that Donald Trump is jump. Donald Trump has his approval ratings starting to go up now after this Mueller investigation has been closed. So, in an interview with uh, New Hampshire Public Radio, Bill Weld says that he is uh, with the Mueller report out. It is not going to affect his decision to run against Donald Trump. Former, it says former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld is considering a run against. President Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. Weld has launched his exploratory committee, but has yet to make an official announcement. And then he says, uh, 
I first wanted to get your they asked him I first wanted to get your reaction to the Mueller report of course that came out over the weekend and then uh, the full report obviously has not been made public yet does that take the wind out of the sails of your potential candidacy and then Weld responds quite quite the contrary I think it's a relief to the country to find that the man who was elected president didn't conspire with a hostile power or to procure his own election I'm glad the result was reached for the sake of the country, so it's neither here nor there from my point of view in considering whether to pull the trigger and go ahead and with a full-blown run against Mr. Trump. Then they asked him, what are you waiting for? More results through the, through from this? I mean, obviously, we're just a four-page summary at this point. And then Weld responds, no, I wouldn't say I'm waiting, but I certainly agree with a 422 to 0 vote in the House of Representatives that the full report should be made public. Then they ask, the speech you gave here in New Hampshire when you announced your exploratory committee was a lot about what you don't like about President Trump. Aside from casting yourself as a Trump alternative, what specific issue, policy issues are you offering voters? He says, Weld says, well, I would be an economic conservative in Washington, by which I mean I would cut spending and cut taxes, and you know I would approve of the, you know I did approve of the tax cut that went through under President Trump, and I would have voted for it if I was in the Senate for both of his nominees to the Supreme Court, but it, it kind of ends there. You know I don't think he's doing a good job domestically in terms of keeping the budget under control. I don't think he's doing a good job internationally. He seems to go out of his way to insult our allies. You know, the newly elected Prime Minister of Canada, he called him weak and stupid. You just don't do that sort of thing. I think pulling us out of Paris, the Paris Climate Accords was a bad idea. I think the failure to join the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a group of 12 countries facing the Pacific, that did not include China. I think that was a mistake. During the campaign in 2016, the president appeared not to know that China would not be a member of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So at home and abroad, I don't think the policies are being pursued. The right policies are being pursued. So, and I agree. I mean, there's a lot of things that Trump's doing that's bad, and he does bring out a lot of those points. I do like Bill Weld in the sense that he's better than a lot of people on like on domestic issues in the sense of um lowering spending and things like that i mean obviously that's the case he's a libertarian ish person i don't i never considered him a libertarian he considered himself or when he decided to run as a libertarian uh for the vice president i mean he literally changed his affiliate party affiliation like um three days earlier or something. I mean, he wasn't really a libertarian when he decided that he was going to run as a libertarian uh, to be the vice presidential nominee, nominee to run with uh, Gary Johnson, right? Definitely not a real libertarian. Now, he has these libertarian light issues, like he believes in, you know, economic conservatism, uh, and he does the socially liberal thing. So, on some of those things, I mean, he's for live and let live type policies, uh, from the social standpoint, that's, I mean, to me, most libertarians feel that way, but they're not, I mean, I don't make my voting based upon should gays be able to get married, because I think that um, marriage should be outside of the realm of government in the first place, from an ideological standpoint. Uh, it, I shouldn't have to have the christening of, 
you know, or the stamp of approval from my city and state government in order to get elected or to get um to get married to my wife. If it's it's between me and God or me and you know me and her, essentially, you know how I get married and who marries me and so forth. Um, so I mean, in Alabama recently decided that they're gonna. You know, or I guess they're gonna have a vote on that to see if government should stay out of marriage in the first place. But I'm not making my decisions to vote for somebody, you know, or to support somebody's presidency because of their support for gay marriage or you know socially liberal issues. Um, most of my issues are typically, you know, from a standpoint of is it an, is it is that person, you know, taking a non-aggression stance with with regards to our government. Because most laws that you're willing to stand up for are the government aggressing against you, and Bill Weld, you know, doesn't he doesn't understand those principles of libertarianism, but you can say that he has some libertarian ideas, and that's a good thing. So I like him on when he says I would have not only cut taxes, but I would have cut spending. You know, he supports the tax cuts. Well, he also wants spending cuts to coincide with that. I agree with that also. Um, I don't necessarily like the idea of these trade partnerships and stuff. I do believe in free trade, and I do, you know, ideally speaking, you should have free trade with all countries in the sense that the government does not have to come between me and me buying something in China or me and me buying something in India or wherever I want to buy something from. I should just be able to put that order in and it comes here uh, tariff-free the whole nine yards. But since we do have other countries that are fighting to put up trade barriers and things like that there maybe there does need to be some agreement between our country and their country um to make some kind of trade like some 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 sort of trade pact that's going on that says hey you know what if you don't put tariffs on our stuff we won't put tariffs on your stuff now these partnerships and these trade, you know, the Trans-Pacific Partnership gets a way more into detail, thousands upon thousands of pages about every specific item, and that comes from our leaders that are probably putting those things in there, as well as their leaders putting those things in there, in order to have special favors for other people, and that's where you get into all the cronyism that goes on and so forth. But having, I mean, I, I am for free trade, and Donald Trump clearly is not, and I think that Bill Weld leans towards free trade. So that's a good thing for him. Um, let's see. So go on. Moving on with the article, uh, I want to get more into what he's saying about his policies, but also what Bill Weld is saying about you know if this is good for him running against Donald Trump or not. Because the very part the you know the very headline on the article says Bill Weld says Mueller the Mueller report won't affect his decision to run against Donald Trump in the primary. And he hasn't made a final decision yet, apparently, uh, whether he's actually going to run or not. And I don't think he's actually going to run. I think it's more to make waves and to kind of uh, get Donald Trump on guard and the Republicans on guard in case somebody else wants to make a appearance there and run against Donald Trump. So the, in the interview, they ask him, you promised in 2016 that you'd be a libertarian forever. You have supported Democrats in the past. Why should Republicans here in New Hampshire believe you represent them? And then Weld responds, Well, they can listen to my message of economic conservatism, of free trade engagement abroad, and make their own judgment. I think a problem we have in Washington today is that the two 
parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, they really demonize each other. And they exist only for the purpose of killing the other party and stirring up their base so their base will make political com- campaign contributions to them so they can get reelected. And they're obsessed with getting reelected, and that's not my style. Do you think Republican voters here in New Hampshire might be more receptive to your message than voters in any in another part of the country? Well, I think they might be. I mean, I'm a real New Englander. I was born in New York, but I grew up in, the, in New England. I'm a real outdoorsman to the extent that I am on the freedom side of the Republican Party. That's consistent with New Hampshire's motto of live free or die. I feel at home here. So And so I think, yeah, I think people can see that I'm frankly... I'm a frankly New Hampshire kind of guy. Are you a Yankee Republican? I don't know if that term still means anything. They ask him. Yeah, I don't know. I consider myself certainly a New England Republican. Then he says, or then they ask, has the Republican Party in New England changed in the last, say, 20, 25 years, in the last generation? Well, a lot of Republicans I know, or I I grew up with, are no longer there, but I still think that New England is a bastion of proper thinking. Now... New Hampshire is a bastion of proper thinking. I think that a lot of New Hampshire, you know, people from New Hampshire, they do follow that motto, live free or die. I go up to New Hampshire all the time. I've been going up to New Hampshire since I was, uh, gosh, since as, as long as I can remember, actually, since I was probably three or four years old, we used to go camping up there when I lived in Connecticut as a child. And my sister lives up in the high country, or in the mountains of New Hampshire, uh, up in the north country is what they call it. And we used to go up, my sister and I, my younger sister and I, well, sorry, my my older sister is 15 years older than me, and my sister that's younger than her is two years older than me. So my sister that's the closest in age to me, we, we used to go up to visit for the summer uh, for like a week or two at a time, my sister up in New Hampshire that was 15 years older than us. So when we're like eight years old, we're going up there and visiting her and she's in her, you know, mid twenties or so. And we used to go up and just spend the whole week with her, sometimes two weeks with her and just really enjoy it up there. But the idea is the motto that they had is live free or live free or die. And she is of that, of that group that like really follows that model. They just, they just want to be left alone, you know? Um, they just want the government to stay out of their lives, to stay off my property, to let me just live and live and let live, you know, live free or die. That's the, that's the motto that they have. So you do have a lot of people in New England that feel that way, especially those in New Hampshire. But I mean, right across the border, right across that Connecticut River, man, is Vermont. And that is the, um, I mean, back in the late 60s, early 60s, late 60s, a lot of communist groups started deciding that they were going to do something similar to what the Free State Project is doing in New Hampshire. Um, and the, these people in the late 60s, they they started forming these communist commune, communes up there, and their goal was to go up there with the intention of changing policy and making themselves like a little um, socialist mecca, per se. And it's the same thing that the Free State Project is doing now. If you don't know what the Free State Project is, go ahead and Google it. But that's a group of libertarians who are trying to go to, they just, you know, the, the idea, this is like 10 or 12 years ago, was to get 20,000 people that are libertarians to move to New Hampshire so they could influence the political outcomes there as well. So they could have their own little libertarian utopia type thing going on. And that's a pretty popular movement within the Libertarian Party, if you haven't heard of it. Uh, 
go ahead and look it up and see for yourself what they what they think but um so you but literally you have new hampshire in new hampshire which is a very libertarian leaning state right next door to uh vermont which is a very liberal socialist leaning state and then you have maine which in the cities they're very liberal but the you know the everywhere else it's very conservative then you have massachusetts which if you get near boston it's very very liberal uh further out you get is more conservative but i mean massachusetts is known as a very liberal state i mean it's the it's it's kennedy it's kennedy country you know and they really take pride in the fact that john kennedy was their pre- was the president from massachusetts and they're very liberal there and then you get connecticut and rhode island are just as bad when it comes to being very liberal right uh, or if you are a liberal very good i guess if if that's the case but in my world i'm a libertarian so i kind of shy away from anyone that is extremely extremely liberal on the um on the spending side of things so but so I don't know when when Bill Weld says this, uh, I think he is more of a New Hampshire type Republican in that way, where he is a libertarianish, you know, libertarian leaning on most of his views. Uh, but the point of the article is just to say that he that this Mueller investigation, the, the report that comes out, does not affect him in his desire to run against Donald Trump. He still dislikes Donald Trump on a lot of issues. Um, but I think that it's not going to help him at all now because a lot of people that were thinking in their mind, man, we can't have some dude that, you know, colluded with Russia as the president and the Republicans that feel that way. Now they can't use that as their excuse and they have to just love the guy apparently. So uh, we'll see where that leads. I don't, like I said, I don't think that Bill Weld is actually going to run against Donald Trump. I don't think he's going to primary Donald Trump. I think he's dipping his toe in the water to see if they can get support behind somebody running against Donald Trump and then maybe just maybe somebody else a stronger candidate will run against Donald Trump like a John Kasich or something of Ohio or someone that has more name recognition than a than a William Weld but what I think that Bill Weld might end up doing and I think I said this in a previous episode I don't know which one I think what Bill Weld might end up doing is do all this idea of just running against Donald Trump and then jump in as a libertarian again and maybe change his his uh, political party affiliation from Republican back to libertarian maybe around like January, February, March of next year and then when the libertarian convention happens he goes there and tries to get the libertarian nomination again um, because the libertarians have all 50 states there's a prize there they're on the ballot in all 50 states so as long as they have their presidential candidate up there you're going to have the ability to pull some votes and that might be what he does i've just heard a lot of libertarians that are just despise the guy now because he called himself a libertarian for life and now he's saying differently um but we'll see how that goes i mean there could be some political i don't know there there, there could be some some planning going on right there on how he's going to approach it come in 2020. Uh, but he's an older guy. I mean, he might not even want to run. He just might be doing this for publicity. Who knows? But keep an eye out. I'll, I will bring you all that news and all that information going forward because this is Ion 2020 and it's your place to find all that information, right? It's your place to go over some of these news events and so forth. And I will bring it to you every day. 
five days a week, Monday through Friday, and come on back tomorrow to have clear vision for 2020.